Residential Lighting Specialist to Arc Residential Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, my guests are Immersive Gym founder Charles Pierce and CDS Senior Director of Strategic Partnerships, Ian Bryant. Ian is now in charge of Cedia Propel, which is an infinity program designed to connect Cedia members to new brands and products such as Immersive Gym in emerging categories like wellness, health, health and fitness and tech. Um, Immersive Gym combines large video screens, short throw video projection, surround sound and exercise equipment to create a workout studio like you've never seen before. Charles and Ian, thanks for joining me to talk fitness tech and Cedia Propel today. Hi, Jeremy. Great to be here. Thank you for, for asking. Thank you very much, Jeremy. We're excited to be here with you. Charles, you're zooming in from West London and Ian, you used to be just a half an hour or so from me in Indianapolis, but now you're out uh, um, walking the uh, the earth there um, and you're in Prescott, Arizona. Prescott, Arizona? Yep, Prescott. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I guess it the right way. Um, so one of the rare positives of the global pandemic is how technology brings us all together. So this is great to, to be able to connect. Um, and thanks for taking the time. I do want to start off with, with Ian with the first um, question because Cedia Propel is really the reason why I know about Immersive Gem. I was on the press call when it was uh, the program was introduced and I was told that it was an affinity, I think I said infinity by accident before, but affinity program. I didn't know what that was. I was quickly Googling that as I was listening to the press conference. Um, can you explain for the benefit of our audience what um, an affinity program is for a trade association like Cedia? Yeah, um, you know, and we're not completely a uh, affinity program or the Propel is. It's, it, we kind of took from what uh, an affinity program is and made it our own a little bit. Um, but, you know, Propel is meant to be a mutually beneficial uh, program for both emerging either manufacturers or service providers to get into this, the custom integration market um, and also benefit CDM members to get access to either products or services um, and an exclusive access or some sort of a discount. So um, it's, it's to drive innovation uh, within the industry. I think for a long time, we've, we felt like um, other markets like the IOT and direct to consumer market have been thriving and, and expanding and growing. And the innovation inside of our industry has kind of slowed down a little bit. And this is what we're, we're hoping will trigger um, some new products, new services, new ideas to come into our market. And, um, you know, Immersive Gems was a, a perfect example of, of what we're looking for to help um, bring in new ideas and, and um, kind of reinvigorate what our integrators are doing um, for, their, for their clients. Yeah, and the, the, the inaugural members there in that uh, launch were, of course, uh, Immersive Gym, but also Bright, a smart sleep solution, and Ring, who was also a company that was very integrated already into the industry, I believe, but probably with new programs and that sort of thing. Um, and what would you say the common threads were on these particular products? Was it that IoT slash, I mean, I guess IoT with the Ring, but then you're talking um, health tech and wellness? With the other two. Yeah, uh, immersive gyms and bright were definitely the uh, wellness and well tech uh, market. Um, it's you know we saw a huge push for this at the last couple of CESs. 
really crazy new ideas. Um, and um, I, I trying to kind of get the, the discussion within um, our industry um, around talking with homeowners, you're already there talking about the technology that they're going to be in, in integrating into their home. Well, why not talking about how you can help them with their, with their wellness. You know, we talk about how to make them more comfortable with their lighting and make them, um, uh, you know, have better access to all of their electronics with an integration system. Well, why not talk about, you know, what we can do to, to help with, um, exercise or sleeping. Um, and that's kind of what, uh, we wanted to bring into it, um, into the program. Well, Charles, um, I want to bring you in now The the, um, as an inaugural member of CDA Propel, Immersive Gym is one of those technologies um, that even I, as a fairly jaded member of the home tech trade press, um, could really get excited about just because it's one of these trends that uh, I've been writing about, but to see the actual evidence of the perfect blend of smart home and wellness and fitness tech, you know, really hadn't come along yet until, until I heard about your product. And uh, I tried to briefly touch on what it is, but could you give the elevator elevator pitch for what Immersive Gem is? Yeah, thanks, Jeremy, for your, for your comments. Um, for us, it's really about the idea of making exercise and fitness in the home enjoyable and therefore motivating and, and really all about um, the byproduct of that, which is we all want to live long and healthy lives. And um, we need to uh, take action in our lives and our daily lives about how we structure and what we do and in order to give us the best chance of that. Um, and one of the, uh, the most obvious solutions is just, you know, what we talked about at the beginning movement is about exercise, about fitness, not just physical fitness, but, um, you know, mental fitness. And it just struck, uh, it, it struck me having um, watched what was happening in the market that if you look at the if you look at how these rooms are used and, and technically speaking, if you're an architect or a designer or, or anybody else, you need to look at those rooms and go, what is the function and how do we make the function of that space really optimized and how do, and what tools are available to make that happen? And it was one of those rooms that really hadn't seen any innovation for, you know, 40 years or so, whereas the rest of the house with, uh, you know, cinema rooms and spas and, and controls and lighting and heating, had seen this embracing of technology and, and the gym just hadn't. Well, and, and you, you, you've, you've seen these, uh, you know, we, we see a lots of application stories come in for the magazine, um, custom integration projects. And the, te- the gym is always, the, the big tech is a, a TV up in the corner or something yeah. like you would see at a hotel. Yeah. Um, that's been about it. And of course um, with Peloton and all the, um, connected devices um, for training coming in, especially during COVID, just those those becoming such great sellers. Um, I, I, I see that this is kind of blending together perfectly for you, but um, what is your background to put you in? Are you a, a, a fitness type person so, originally or? So my person? background, I guess this is two worlds colliding between, you know, my uh, personal life and what I activities around health and fitness for my personal life, but working in property. So I've been involved in residential and, and leisure uh, property for very many years and uh, working in, in sort of super prime residential and, and leisure for the last 15 or so. Um, and it was seeing 
that development over that period of time where, uh, like we were saying, that the the use of tech just hadn't come into play. Um, and I did a, a charity ride back in 2009 to Land's End to John O'Groats from Land's End to John O'Groats. And I was training away in my garage, uh, looking at a computer screen, thinking there's got to be a better way. There's got mm. to be um, there's got to be something that's going to convince me that I'm there or nearly there. And, and, uh, uh, and I was convinced someone was going to do it. And I, uh, within the market, within the property world, we were working on these incredible um, projects, big, big projects, big, big residential schemes and big uh, leisure hotel schemes. Um, and I was seeing visuals of gyms that were going to be built um, and brought to market in 21, 22, you know, and even 23. And and they were still doing the same design that you know, maybe some of the materials and some of the lighting had changed somewhat, but, but nonetheless, the experience of what that room's purpose was, which was to be an engaging place for customers and clients to go and exercise and train, um, just hadn't changed. And because I, I, you know, year in, year out, I would do other challenges to try and keep myself fit and healthy. And, and I found myself still back in you know, 2018, still looking at a computer screen or a TV screen and realized nothing had changed and, and there was no sign that um, anything was going to change. So for them, for me, it was sort of that, right, okay, so it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in the near future, so I, I, I want to make it happen. And that was really then about putting teams of people together. So it was the background of my, my uh, observing really at the, at the very highest end what was happening in the market, property market, at the same time as a user and observing what was happening with... Um, fitness and health and the, the, the explosion of digital fitness and the explosion of these at-home workout pieces of hardware like Peloton, um, that, 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 that's kind of brought it together. So then we, 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 we see the, I, I've seen what it looks like in pictures. Um, I, I still, th those in the listening audience who may not have uh, and don't know the product very well, may still be kind of confused about what we're actually talking about here, but uh, as I said, it's basically taking short throw projectors, yeah. uh, so, multiple screens, yeah. and and trying to surround the exercise environment, what or or yoga um, or you know, meditation yeah. environment as well. So yeah, that's right. So I think that, well, the, the the lowest common denominator for us is it has to be three walls, um, and the reason for that is that you you want to be standing in your uh, standing in the space. Um, and you want to have your entire peripheral vision taken in by the content that you're looking at. Um, so if that's yoga uh, and you choose to do that on a beach in the Seychelles, then you want to be standing there and your entire field of vision is taken up um, with that image. And without wearing uh, VR goggles, VR headsets, because of course that's quite difficult. We, we, we're a big fan of the VR technology, but we think for exercise and fitness, uh, it's not um, it's not right yet. They haven't got it cracked in terms of the of design. Um, so, so the three walls are, are absolutely critical. Um, then the ultra short throw projectors are really a function of how do you deliver that content um, in such a way that you can make the most of the space you're in. So what you want to have is that constant, that constant feeling of engagement. And so shadows, for example, are no good. And so ultra short throw projectors allow the the most kind of the, the largest footprint within that space to remain unaffected by uh, by shadowing. Obviously, you can use LED screens. Um, so that, that's the rationale behind the ultra short throw projectors. 
Uh, and then, of course, as you mentioned, I think you bring, you know, you bring sound into it um, and, and other facilities like body tracking cameras and the like. But yes, currently it's a physical space. So it's a room, it's a studio or it's a, uh, or a gym, um, either retrofitted or designed from scratch. But like I say, minimum three walls. We have looked at the fourth wall. We think it's a bit of a, a red herring and we don't think it's worth the investment because 99.9% mm. of the benefits you're having, you're facing uh, in, a, in, a, in a forward direction. Um, so yeah, but there's there in simple terms is the form, but it's really about that uh, that sensory uh, emotional feeling you get by having that having your vision taken in. So if you're cycling uh, along a coast road, you can look over to the left and see the coast to your left, or you can look to the right and see the mountains or whatever's there. Um, and that for me was was absolutely crit critical because one of the one of the rides I was doing, I was, it was in France and I, and I knew the ride in real life. I'd actually done it in real life. And I knew that on my right was this beautiful valley. And I knew on my left was this amazing mountain. I couldn't see it. I was riding with blinkers. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, so that, that, that setup is, is the, the sort of basic, you know, the basic requirement for us. Now, Ian, this is a perfect opportunity. It sounds like for the custom integration community in terms of existing relationships with screen manufacturers and projector manufacturers and just the evolution of the short throw projector being this thing like well i don't know if that really makes sense what where does this fit into the home we already do you know full-on front projection and here's something that we can do um blending these technologies that are they're really hitting their peak um are you do you see it as just this great way to bring in Cedia manufacturer members and their integrator partners. Absolutely, uh, it's it's one hundred percent perfect opportunity. Um, we have a lot of um, amazing manufacturers that have uh, right, like you were saying, the the short throw projector and short throw lens options over the past five years have been a huge improvement um, from where they were in the past. Um, the quality, um, and then integrators are are really best suited to be. Uh, the ones that are installing, configuring, setting this up because they get uh, from doing media rooms and cinema rooms and distributed video and everything else, they get the the whole aspect of how to put one of these systems together, how to install it, and then um, how to, to to train the user on it. It's it's um, yeah, our market is a perfect fit for for this, and the possibilities are are endless. I mean, I know you may be uh, bringing this up, but you know. An immersive gym then just turns into immersive space and immersive room that allows for so many other opportunities going forward. And and I definitely think that this is going to be the future of how people interact um, with things they normally would do outside or in groups inside of their home. So, um, Charles, how much is preordained in terms of what technology is used versus the uh, op options that uh, an integrator may already be working with? And, and what is the core uh, element that has to be a part of it, like from a control standpoint or a, a horsepower from a you know, computing yeah. power standpoint? So I think, uh, as Ian mentioned, there's a sort of um, partnership made in heaven there because we are about uh, the creation of the system and the content and curating the content. And where the content doesn't deliver the optimized experience, then we we create that ourselves. So it's very similar to, I guess, something like Netflix will buy in programming from various providers and then they'll go, well, actually, we want to create our own category. We're going to have some of our own content in order to fill gaps. Uh, and we're doing the same thing. So we, 
we kind of create the content, we curate it, and we've, we've made it uh, a real priority to remain completely agnostic with the system. So we can, um, we can effectively feed through different formats uh, of, of video, whether we're streaming, whether it's already loaded onto the system, um, whether it, it, could be, uh, it could be something like Les Mills uh, in one country, it could be some obscure streamed uh, particular martial art form that someone, some client wants in another country. And we didn't want the system to be restricted because each individual user will want to choose and curate their own experiences. And we want the system to be open to that. So we can, for example, we, we have the allowance to plug things like Apple TV in or gaming modules or Zoom modules for, for phone calls um, and for bringing in tr personal trainers. And that, that runs through a, uh, our, our server effectively, which then processes it um, and sets it up for the room size. So it's tailored effectively to a particular room size in order that it can be taken kind of corner to corner and, and made work. Now, at that point, so that's the bit that we would do. And, and the, the simple clean line between us and the integrator then is saying, look, we're not really into, we're not into the projectors. We're not into the speakers necessarily. What we're into is making sure that the experience is delivered in the optimized way. So the quality of the visual is good enough. There's no shadowing. The sound is, is good enough. And that's where, as Ian mentioned, that the integrators, that's what they do all day, every day. You know, they install, they maintain. Uh, and that's where their business model lies is in that in that purchase installation and maintenance of that, of that hardware equipment. And for us in 10 years time, maybe we won't be using ultra short throw projectors. Maybe there'll be another technology. Um, and so that hardware element is very much outside of, of, uh, of, our, of our interest. And the opportunity therefore is we can work with global integrators because they're on the ground locally doing all the physical stuff. Um, and our, uh, our server and the maintenance of that server, uploading and changing the content can all be done centrally from, from wherever we're based or wherever we decide to be. So there is this lovely opportunity for the integrator on the one hand to, as you said at the beginning, Jeremy, all they have is a, you know, they might have a bigger TV, but it's nonetheless, it's just a TV. That's, that's and maybe some speakers. They got an opportunity to get, take to their clients this new way of presenting fitness in an optimized way, regardless whether it's Peloton or whether it's Les Mills or whether it's our own content, um, uh, they've got the opportunity to effectively add revenue to a job they're already on. And for us, uh, it allows us to, to, to distribute efficiently globally. Now, is there a way to make this a uh, flexible setup where you have uh, a treadmill and a rower and a bike all in the same uh, studio space, but they switch content to a to 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 make that environment appropriate, say you're rowing versus you're at, the, at the same time, or or uh, no no no, like to switch off and on, yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So we we have a simple um, rule that we work to, which is you need to be able to go into the studio and within a minute be doing whatever activity you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and the uh, we, what we've done is we've split the system up into a, a gym, which is your. Uh, connected hardware, so your bike, your runners, your rowers, uh, your studio, which is all about kind of classes, uh, high intensity classes, mat work, yoga, Pilates, mm -hmm. all the, the mindfulness. Um, and then as Ian mentioned, we've actually, we've, we've had from day one, a, a third section, which is entertain, which is all the stuff we can, we can talk about. Um, and the, uh, the interface, very straightforward interface, which is effectively choosing your activity, uh, choosing your bit of equipment, choose your content uh, and, and go. Um, and when that's finished, you can just 
effectively switch over to now I want to go for a ride uh, and, and you can change over and do a and do a ride. So I, for example, was in there the other day and I, I did some stretching on the beach in the Seychelles. Uh, I then uh, cycled along a coast road in uh, northwest Spain. Um, and then I rode the Olympic Tokyo Olympic 21 course in Unreal Engine. Uh, and that was my workout. And then I cooled down in the in uh, by some paddy fields in China. Uh, and it's just this, you know, where do you want to go today? What you know, where do you want to take yourself? Um, so uh, it, it's extremely simple to swap between different activities. Because um, we know that people are very impatient, you know, they want to have simplicity, they want to have ease. Um, and there's nothing more frustrating when you're allocating an hour to exercise to have to then fight with tech for the first 20 minutes you just lose the will so that was critical for us ian um i i would imagine that uh you're like me that five years ago you wouldn't have imagined something like this being an opportunity in the uh, home tech space having seen the evolution from home theater being just a huge thing and then kind of waning and making more multi-purpose rooms and trying to blend the tech in and here it's kind of bringing back a little bit more of that dedicated space idea but also with an element of aesthetics that are really important and blending those things together really well it, 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 are you like me it would have been hard to picture this as an opportunity five years ago um the way things were going yeah um i think you know maybe 10 10 years ago 15 years ago absolutely like this was you know it we we've been through that evolution right so I, i've been in the industry for over 20 years and i've seen everything, all the trends take off and go away. And, you know, back in the mid 2000s, um, you know, the dedicated space in the home was huge. It was um, everyone had their gym, which we talked about was basically just some some TVs. We went from CRT TVs to flat panel TVs. That was like the only change, yeah. you know, and and then home dedicated home theaters. Um, and then um, around the, you know, the 20, 2010s and areas, we started to get see more of the mixed use spaces and media rooms and then the the decrease of the dedicated space and with the the changes recently with the pandemic and everyone um you know what we call as x from home so as work live play learn from home um those dedicated spaces are are finally coming back and people are realizing that um spending so much more time in your home you really need um uh, a room where you can do this now uh the greatest thing about the the immersive gym or the immersive room is even though it is a dedicated room it does have a lot of uses to it um <clears throat> and so it's definitely it's it's a change it's um you know it's that it's that wax and wane of of, of the trends but um i think this one's going to be around for a while as we all realize that um doing a lot of the things from home are going to continue um businesses only you know anticipating 25 to 35 percent of their of their uh, workforce are going to still continue to work from home. Um, I'm, I know there's a huge trend of people that are going to start homeschooling their children, not going to bring them back. So there's going to be this staying in your home and doing a lot more that is, is going to stay. It's going to, you know, have a whole good hold for a while. We will continue our conversation with Charles and Ian after a short break. Thank you for listening to Residential Tech Talks. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Elk Products, a leading designer and manufacturer of customized security, automation, and energy management solutions for home and business with unsurpassed product quality and technical support. Secure, reliable, innovative. Control at your fingertips. Find out more today. Go to elkproducts.com.
Welcome back. I'm talking with Immersive Gym founder Charles Pierce and CDS Senior Director of Strategic Partnerships, Ian Bryant. Um, Charles, the early days of this technology, uh, I, I've heard you say that there were some challenges like uh, syncing up with the rowing, per, you know, for example, where you wanted to just have it immediately kick in. Uh, there was a little bit of lag. Uh, what have been the technological development challenges and solutions along the way as you brought this product to market? I think the um, one of the biggest challenges was keeping a system open. It's kind of not, I wouldn't say it's easy to develop a closed system. There's some brilliant closed systems that have taken a lot not to do that, but um, having a system that can be optimized for different experiences, um, across the board for different kind of media and content types. I think that was probably challenge number one, because obviously you have, uh, you have content in different formats. You have, might have 69, you might have ultra wide, you might have 360, you might have 220. Um, and all those have to be taken and presented in such a way that feels completely consistent to the user. Um, so, it doesn't matter what they're doing, whether it's, let's say, Les Mills, whether it's a Peloton class, whether it's one of our rides, whether it's Zwift, what is the most optimized way that that content can be displayed? So if it is Zwift, it's the best Zwift experience you could experience anywhere in the world. If it is 360, uh, then it's showing itself in a, in a believable way with you standing where you are in the space, because, of course, everything is relative to where you where your position is and your association with those objects around you. So I think that was that was uh, challenge number one. Challenge number two was engagement. You mentioned it about the rowing. Um, you, it's a bit like watching a film and you suddenly see uh, a scene change and there's something that was not there before is there now. You suddenly leave that film for 10 minutes and you have to fight your way back in again. Um, and you realize that actually it's not really, it's not real. Um, and that engagement, that kind of emotional sense of being on a beach or cycling through the mountains is you really lose yourself in that, in that experience as long as uh, it's real. So if, you, if the content's going up a hill and you're cycling like crazy because you're actually going downhill, then you've lost, the, you've lost that connection. Um, and that really is about things like latency, uh, communication from Bluetooth and plus wireless, connections with primarily with the training hardware um, that's been a real challenge and it's that's a combination of our tech and it's a combination of working with some of the hardware manufacturers because how they transfer data or how they've chosen to transfer data uh, isn't really um, it, it, they haven't been thinking about these problems they haven't been thinking about okay that immersive really that immersive feeling so um, that's, that's been, I think, probably the next, uh, the next biggest challenge. And then trying to make sure that as many pieces of equipment that people might have their favorites can be used uh, as possible. Um, so I think, yeah, it's the connectivity in order, which is really about content engagement um, and then versatility to, to allow it to be useful to um, a large number of people with a large number of interests. One of the things that I, I heard you describe about this uh, setup is the gamification aspect to it and yeah. being able to have a, a, a one on one or whatever race, yeah. uh, for instance, and that sounds like a great blending and, and a great motivator too for folks who 
love a video game experience, uh, but want to get in better shape to be able to put those together. So is that um, content providers that you're working with enable those racing setups or is that all custom content that you guys have created? Well, outside, I mean, you've got uh, you've got some providers at the moment where you can track uh, other people's activities on software. So some of the cycling softwares uh, do that, um, and you're kind of racing alongside them, and you can join them in, in you can join them in a peloton, literally in a peloton, and race past them. Um, right. But one of the we've we've I think I mentioned we we've recreated the Tokyo 21 Olympic rowing course. Um, we've got a relationship with with British Rowing here. Um, and what uh, what we're able to do there, which is fantastic, is you can effectively pitch yourself against whomever you like in one of the lanes. So we have eight lanes, um, and I can either choose a, a beginner, an intermediary, a, a world class, Olympic class, uh, men, women, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you can create this very dynamic um, environment. And what's fantastic if you're an elite athlete, that's of course incredible because you can race against the last five world champions and see how you fare. Um, if particularly something like the Olympics coming up. Um, but if you're, uh, if you're working at, say, you're, you're operating in schools or you're uh, at home, you can effectively pitch yourself against uh, anyone you like. And that's extremely motivating to track progress, see how you're kind of getting better at these things. Um, and the gaming element, yeah, we're, up, we're introducing gaming elements where you can have immersive gyms racing against each other, for example, or people in different places having a, having a race with one another. And one of the reasons we're doing that is one, that sense of community, but also I'm sure you spotted this as well, the the whole growth or the movement towards esports, this idea Mm. of how do you combine a a real life sporting event with a virtual sporting event and make it truly engaging. And I think I've seen a few recently and I think they've done a good job, but there's still a long way to go. I think there's still a big disconnect between um, that, that sense of, emotion you get when you're filming somebody doing something in an avatar. Um, but we're exploring that tech where actually the avatar becomes that that individual. Um, and so the gamification, where that's all heading uh, is really exciting. And, and as Ian says, that's I think that's what for us is exciting is that it's not like we're gonna set this down and go, there you go. It's, it's, it, it's an ever moving, uh, it's an ever moving feast based on growing technology and for us to be able to bring that technology in is, is just, you know, you can see in time, you know, esports activities, games, it's going to be something that we probably do more regularly with, with more of us engaging with it, I imagine. Ian, is that kind of what you're uh, hinting at as far as other op- uh, opportunities for this? Or is there more to it that you're excited about as well? Yeah, I mean, I've talked with Charles about this and uh, before I you know, follow a lot of, of technology trends. Um, one of, one of which is, um, uh, an association called forefront and some of their visions of what they see. And, and one of the things that they talk about is, is that kind of a holodeck inside of the home is that, um, is that space where, um, it's a multi-use immersive space that you do, you know, so many things in. And I truly believe that, um, this is kind of the, the beginning uh, of that is that um, immersive space in the home for multi-purpose use. Um, but starting out with the, the, the gym is, is a perfect uh, place to start. I mean, I, I wanted to say, you know, if you ever heard someone um, say, well, you know, I, I work out in the gym, great. And I come home and I just can't get motivated and, or over the winter, I just can't, I hate running on a treadmill. 
Um, and it's because they're not, that's not, they don't have that mental uh, connection with what they're doing. It's, it's more of a being robotic. And, and this is really of what the, the technology truly is doing is bringing the emotion and bringing um, the everything kind of, again, it's the term immersive. It's, 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 you're throwing you into it. And I, really believe in here at Cedia, we believe that this kind of technology and, and this um, way of thinking is the future. Do you, um, what, what role do you see Cedia playing in helping members learn new skills, work with new technologies? The closest I can, can think about from this to another product that's been around for a while would be like a, a golf simulator product. And those have always been a a nice premium piece inside a uh, connected home. Um, is there other uh, other ways that Cedia is trying to do new trainings or uh, just to promote through Propel um, opportunities that they may just not be thinking about like this? Absolutely. Um, it's uh, and f- it's funny. I just had a meeting this morning. We're talking about some of the upcoming. Uh, virtual events, uh, webinars, and kind of educational events that we're planning for this year. Um, you know, our our, pur- our the the purpose of Propel also is is to complete the, our li- internal life cycle of the topic. So the the technology or the trend that um, the product or service represents will be then included into our standards and our white papers and our education, our certification, and and wellness, well tech, and immersive spaces is one hundred percent and fits into that life cycle. So. You know, we were planning on doing um, a virtual event coming up here pretty soon that we'll be announcing that will be very specific about immersive spaces and well tech in general. Uh, and then after that, we'll start to phase it into our, our curriculum. So our education team will then uh, work on figuring out how to include that into our design um, pathways and then include it into our, our certification process as well. So that's where it really is for us is just is the education of the CDM member in the, in the industry. Great. Hey, Charles, what would you say the best way for a CDM members specifically custom integration um, industry folks, generally speaking uh, to get involved with immersive gem? What's the best starting point? Well, it's already, I think through the Propel program, we've already started engaging quite nicely with a number and uh, it typically um, I'm not quite sure how they originate from Propel, but we, you know, we get, uh, either an email or some kind of connection with somebody saying, heard about what you do, can we talk? Um, and then typically we would set up a chat like this. We'd, we'd, talk on the, we'd talk on Zoom or something like that. And we'd talk about what kind of clients they have, uh, how it might fit in, um, what, uh, what, yeah, what work they're doing, the kind of conversations that we are having. So we're sharing where there may be obstacles or barriers or people saying, but we've always done it like this, why do we change? Um, those conversations that people have had 10 years ago with cinemas and lighting. Um, and then really it's about identifying, uh, identifying potential jobs with some partners. And I think that really brings out, there's a sort of natural filtering process then, because of course the reality is that the, uh, the, the properties have to have a dedicated space mm-hmm. or they have to allocate a dedicated space for this. So by default, you end up in a certain market um, and that automatically filters out some of the CDA uh, CDO members. Um, and then what, we, what we've been doing is we have been helping them by providing them with tools that we might be visualizing, for example, we might put together visuals of the space for them specifically for that particular job. 
So they, they'll, have a, they'll have tools that we have and some content that we already have that'll give them a general idea, but there's nothing like um, an owner having a, 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 a visualization of their exact space with their windows and doors and staircases all in play. And they go, this is your room, this is your space, this is what it could look like for you. So um, we've been doing that already. And, uh, and from there, you know, these, these jobs, they typically are what, six months to a three year life cycle between, depending on what stage they're at, if it's retrofit or new build. Um, and then we, we um, go through the process like any other uh, space with interior designers and architects and the like. So I think it's very typical for them. They wouldn't be the, the way that we would like to work. I think it'd be very typical for them. It won't be something new. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really, you know, it's about supporting each other because as much as they are uh, representing us um, and they can do us damage, if we don't do a good job, we can do them damage. So it's really around building trust and, and building respect for one another and making sure that you uh, both sides are committed to delivering something exceptional. Uh, and once I think you've got that relationship understood down the line, uh, then I think it gets, you know, you, not that you can relax, but you know what it's like. Once you have a relationship, it makes it a whole lot better. Well, I think that's a, a great place to wrap it up. Charles Pierce is CEO of Immersive Gem. Thank and you. Ian Bryan is CDS yeah. Senior Director of Strategic Partnerships. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. Thank you very much, Jeremy. It's been great. Also, thanks. Oh, thank you. And also, thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, be sure to share, subscribe, and rate, uh, review the podcast. You can check out all the latest residential tech news at restechtoday.com. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell.